Welcome back. My name is Steve, the founder of English and Go. Today, I would like to talk about four types of people. These types were identified by Eleanor Ostrom, a political economist who, among her other achievements, won a Nobel Prize in 2009. Please note, these four types apply to normal people, not people with a mental disability or a mental illness. For some listeners who have already taken classes with English and Go, the topic of this podcast may sound familiar. But for the many other listeners throughout the world, understanding these four types of people can be quite useful. I have found that the more I teach these types to clients, the more useful it becomes to them and to me. I am getting better at identifying these four types faster. After meeting a person, I can sometimes see which of the four they are. This is very helpful because if you know what motivates a person, you are better able to work with that person. So let's take a look at these four types. The first type Ostrom identified is called an altruist. A-L-T-R-U-I-S-T. These are the people that always try to do the right thing simply because it is the right thing to do. An altruist is a very thoughtful person and a very caring person. They may think of things you need before you do. An altruist is happy to help you when you need help because they like helping others. For them, helping is a core part of their identity. Altruists often work as volunteers, whether in faraway places or at the local hospice. Simply put, altruists are good people. If you need something, all you have to do is ask an altruist and they will help you get what you need. The second type of person is the most common. Ostrom called these people willing participants. To participate, P-A-R-T-I-C-I-P-A-T-E, is to join or take part in an activity or society. For example, when you go to a meeting, you participate in the meeting, so you are a participant. In Ostrom's view, willing participants are people in society or social groups that go along with the rules because it's usually a good idea. Willing participants want to be normal. They want to have a normal life of stability and free time. These things are important to them. Because there are problems or consequences for not following the rules, willing participants will usually follow the rules. However, a bonus is always welcome. So, for example, if you need help moving, make sure you offer plenty of pizza and beer to encourage the willing participants to show up. Alternatively, we can see the difference between an altruist and a willing participant if we imagine them standing at a street light late at night. So it's late at night and the person needs to cross the street, but the walk signal is red. However, there are no cars anywhere. 
Does the person cross the street against the red light? In this scenario, many willing participants will make the choice to cross the street because no one is watching. No harm will come from crossing the red light, and a little bit of rule-breaking can be fun. However, many altruists will not cross the light. The altruists follow the rules because the rules are there for a good reason. Whereas willing participants follow the rules because it's generally a good idea. But they will make some exceptions, like doing something they should not, if no one is looking. Because willing participants think about getting into trouble, it is important when you ask for their help that you don't ask for something too far outside of the norm. The third type of person Ostrom identified is, well, less likely to follow the rules. She called them rational egoists. The word rational is important because it separates these people from people who have a mental illness or are mentally unstable, such as narcissists or psychopaths. A rational egoist still operates like a normal person, but their focus is on them because they believe they are special. They don't see rules as important because they put their needs and desires first. Basically, they're the opposite of an altruist. Rational egoists often think more about benefits of breaking the rules than actually any trouble that's caused by breaking the rules. They are special after all, so they believe that they can get away with it. A good example of a rational egoist is Vladimir Putin. While I do not know Putin personally, his behavior is that of a rational egoist. He makes choices to bring attention to himself and his ideas, but he doesn't do like totally crazy things. His decisions are actually understandable and rational, and often bring the international focus back to Russia or Putin himself. What does this tell us about the rational egoist? Well, it tells us that they seek attention and rewards more than they worry about causing trouble. The rational egoist says, what's in it for me if I do this? To work successfully with rational egoists, one must remember that they care about their image. So rewards or even threats can work but they must be in public. The last of the four types identified by Ostrom are called, well, punishers. P-U-N-I-S-H-E-R-S. From the word punishment, oder Strafe im Deutsch. Punishers are people who like to tell other people they did something wrong. They enjoy going into detail about how or why another person made a mistake. For me, punishers are the hardest to deal with because logic does not work and emotions do not work. In fact, it's the reverse. The more time you spend explaining to a punisher why this is nonsense, the happier they are. 
we can think of Punishers as kind of like emotional vampires or a vampire. The unhappier the other person is, the happier they are. That sounds harsh, but if you spend time and think about some of the encounters you've had, there are some people that seem to enjoy a good argument about who did what wrong. Those people are probably punishers. A few years ago, I did some writing for the European Business Journal. There were several editors, oder Lecter im Deutsch, who would proof my stories, but one of those editors was a punisher. I did not understand this at the time, but I see it clearly now. Because if the other editors got my stories, any changes they made were very small. The stories would appear pretty much as I wrote them, and I never got emails or complaints. This makes sense, because I used to be a reporter, and I've written many articles for newspapers, other publications, and so on. However, if that Punisher was editing my story, well, I would get long emails detailing every little mistake, and often there was some unnecessary commentary about why I made the mistake or what I should do to improve my writing skill. However, these emails would start with really cheerful subject lines, as if writing them was a joy for the Punisher. And now I understand that it was. Today I understand now what I did not understand then. I still have copies of all my stories. All of them were published regardless of who the editor was. But only one of those editors seemed to enjoy criticizing me, because that person was, and still is, a Punisher. Sadly, many Punishers become teachers. As a kid, I had a few Punisher teachers, and likely so did you. So trust me when I say, it's not you, it's them. In conclusion, I wish I knew about these types of people years ago. It would have helped me immensely when I was younger in life. Because I struggled to understand why people acted like egoists or punishers. I could recognize that something was wrong, but I didn't understand what. Now, thanks to the work of Eleanor Ostrom, I now understand and I am learning to apply these four categories to the people around me. It really helps, and I hope this podcast can help you as well. Again, my name is Steve, the founder of English and Go, an English language teaching and consulting company based in Osnabrück, Germany, and I hope you enjoyed this short podcast about altruists, egoists, and punishers.